You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's news and insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello, everyone, and welcome. You're listening to Tax Wrap, episode 53 this week. On to a new year of Tax Wrap. Uh, another 52 episodes, I guess. Here's to that. My name's Nathan. You're joined by Lisa and Andy. How are we, guys? Good, Nathan. Good, thanks, Nathan. That's good. Now, as most of us know, the Inspector General of Taxation can assist you to address your complaints about the administrative actions of the ATO and the TPB. Generally speaking, administrative actions relate to the conduct of the ATO and the TPB in relation to their interactions with you, including the policies and procedures that guide these actions. The IGT also seeks to improve the administration of the tax system for the benefit of all taxpayers by undertaking broader reviews and making recommendations to the ATO and to the government. Now, as we probably also know, the Inspector General Ali Naruzi, or the Inspector General is Ali Naruzi, and this morning we're going to take a little bit of time to talk about um, what he's been up to lately, what the Inspector General of Taxation's office has been doing, and particularly in regards to um, how we're involved with the IGT and, and how mm. that's all going. So I guess the first point is, uh, what are something? What are some of the things that the IGT is working on at the moment? Yeah, just to take one step there. I mean, you've gave really good intros in terms of what the IGT's office does. Um, one of the other things that's been put into his, uh, Mr. Naruzi's remit uh, recently is the fact that he's also the tax ombudsman. Of course, yeah, that's yeah, right. So, yeah, so one of the things is if, as a taxpayer, if you felt that you've been treated unfairly, um, you've got... Um, You've got the, the tax ombudsman now to, to go to, to to lodge a complaint formally if you if you feel like you've been mistreated or if something's um, that's been done by the tax office is is been mishandled. You can always go to the ombudsman mm. as well. Now, what happened before that? Was it just that the IGT sort of handled those complaints as well, or what would happen with those sorts of complaints? No, uh, prior to that, Nathan, um, we did have a general ombudsman that would look oh, at course, all, yeah. all complaints. Okay. Um, so what they did as part of um, recent. Uh, budgets is that they've allocated more funds to, to the uh, the office of the IGT to, to expand his scope and his, uh, the scope of his operation and so that's how he managed to get the tax ombudsman role as well. And they basically scaled up with people as well Andy. Um, I was up at the at the uh, at their offices last week in Sydney and um, there's exciting new new kids if I can call them I shouldn't <laughs> say that exciting new people there so I think they've they've scaled up to be about 20 in total now and trained them all up on on all matters relating to tax and I must admit they love tax as much as what we do was the impression I got from them Andy. Yeah. How is it, you may not have exact numbers, but do you know if it's common since this uh, new remit was established, has, have they started to field a lot more complaints? Has that been something that's come well, to light? Qualitatively, or? Nathan, I can answer because I don't know what the numbers are, but it'll come out in their annual report because as we know, the, all the annual reports for the TPB and the ATO and everything have come out over the past, past week. Um, but uh, they're definitely fielding a lot of inquiries from the general public and tax agents as well. I know that many of our members talk about the conflict between the MyGov portal and, and the ATO portal and um, they're definitely fielding a lot of questions in that realm. I was speaking to someone who knows a lot about the intricacies of those workings from complaints. And um, I guess one thing is it's great to be have to be able to have somebody to to lodge those complaints. I think sort of having the ombudsman role as a general role didn't really help, and so having somebody that's purely dedicated to tax will give you know not only tax agents but the community at large some comfort in terms of 
having somebody to go to if they do need you know their matters looked into yeah and it shouldn't underestimate the role either Andy I find because administration is a big issue for a lot of our members I know from us sitting in and and talking to our various discussion groups a lot of times it's not the intricacies of the tax um, law that they're really looking at or the assessment act it's all about how do I deal with the ATO if you come up with you know this issue and things like that so it is really a time waster that I think our members find it difficult to charge Mm. you know additional for that so this is a really, really critical point. It's fantastic. And it's also good that they've communicated it well enough that the general public knows that they've got a place that they can that they can go. I mean the tax office has sort of been hit and miss sometimes with their communications exactly. with the general public. So it's good to know that they're actually um, they're using that service and that it's available to them. The taxpayer charter, what's new on that front? Yeah, one one of the roles with the, um, the Inspector General of Taxation is his one of his roles. Uh, his remit is to keep the tax office accountable with respect to uh, some of the work that the tax office does do. Um, one aspect of that is the taxpayer charter. So, DHO does have a taxpayer charter. So essentially, it's a set of guidelines, a set of rules, which um, provide uh, ATO officers with specifics in terms of how they deal with uh, what they so-called their clients now but just taxpayers in, in general and so those rules you know they what they want to do with as part of that review is to, to have a look at these rules and see whether they've been applied correctly by the tax office and so that's where your IGT has got a great role in the sense of keeping you know sort of the tax office accountable and and reporting back to government uh, particularly if uh, through reports if there's an, a need to undertake changes uh, we know in the past the the IGT has been been around for for 10 years now it's gone by really quickly but mm. the IGT over a long period of time has done a lot of reviews so they've done various reviews for example one that's close to my heart anyway was the IGT did do a review into small business benchmarks by VATO um, in terms of whether those those benchmarks are relevant. Do they hit the point? You know, is it garbage in, garbage out? So, and it, they keep the tax office accountable to, to that extent by way of issuing a report, outlining recommendations. The government also gets a copy, and so so, so there's some of the things that uh, the IGT would do, um, and so hopefully the the tax office will act on those those recommendations. Yeah, Andy, and with the charter, what they're looking at is they're looking at narratives or anecdotal evidence of how people, the normal taxpayers, have been wronged through the tax system or they feel like they've been wronged through the tax system. So it's very much what they're looking for with the responses to this taxpayer charter um, is their own story. And that's one reason that we're not going to put an individual submission in ourselves because what the um, what the Inspector General Tax really wants is people's own stories. And the best way to tell their stories is through their own voice. So we're encouraging all members and everyone listening to this podcast, you know, if they feel like they've been wrong from an administration um, through the ATO or the TPB, well, basically put in a submission and see, see what happens. That leads me to my next question. It's sort of a point of curiosity. If... Say that you do have an administrative complaint that you take to the Inspector General of Taxation and they decide, yes, you do have a point here that you do have a valid complaint. What's the process? What happens? I mean, what are some likely things that that might happen as a result? I I think one of the things, Nathan, is that the um, the IGT will, you know, obviously they would act as essentially an intermediary for, for taxpayers. So they would raise the complaint with the tax office and seek various remedies. Um, how they go about that, that's, you know, the point of negotiation. That's why you have an ombudsman in, in the first place to actually, you know, identify the problem, 
identify you know what's what and then sort of try to seek remedies and particularly ultimately in the end you, you want the taxpayer you know your client um, who they're representing to be treated fairly and of course you know with the, our tax system there's got opportunities to go to the AAT the administrative um, appeals tribunal thank you I was trying to remember what AAT is and then we can go up to the courts you know and that's what it is and we've even noticed in our latest um, review for the month of um, what's happening in the month of tax as well Andy there's been a few administrative cases that have gone to the AAT that we've looked at and gone Mm, quite interesting. I wonder why that went, because it didn't seem to have too much uh, fact to support it. Mm, interesting. Employer obligations, how, is, how are employers um, having to comply or to deal with uh, the IGT? Yeah, the IGT, as um, one of the reviews that the IGT is doing is a review into the Australian Taxation Office's um, employee obligations compliance activities. Um, the tax office does have an employee, employee obligations group um, within its um, framework and that group goes out and looks at um, various issues so first and foremost whether you're an employer or contract employee or contract and we've spoken about that quite a lot in the past in terms of the difficulties in not being able to identify um, whether you are an employee or contractor you know just the fact that you merely have an ABN doesn't make you a contractor mm-hmm. as you know we, we all know but and part of that process is whether those taxpayers are being treated fairly in terms of you know the, the, this actual process is there enough information for for employees to make you know that assessment um, is there enough uh, is there enough information that, what, what happens if I get it wrong for example that's another another thing you know is the tax office treating taxpayers who, who get it wrong employees who get it wrong uh, fairly um, what are some of the you know is the audit process fair is you know are they communicating directly with these these people uh, are they getting the right information is the process you know long-winded or is it nice and snappy and is the outcome or resolution um, fair and reliable so there's some of the things that uh, the IGT is hoping to, to to obtain from from you know from the public at large and also you know interested parties stakeholders in terms of whether these activities are being conducted in the right way. They're even looking at, which I think is quite interesting, as well as the tools that are available on the ATO site. We know a lot about educating people on tax because that's one of our pillars, if I can call it that, um, Mm. of what we do. But the ATO have got a lot of information. Some of it's good, some of it's not so good. So one of the things that they're looking at is for the for the definition of whether someone's an employer or a contractor, what are the ATO tools like? Mm-hmm. And then do they rely on them? Because if it's coming from the ATO, I've gone, well, I'm covered. Yeah. You know, this is what the tool said. Yeah. So this is really what they're looking at as well, and that's quite quite interesting. Um, and it's not just from the employer's point of view. It's sort of like employer. Are you, from an employer's point of view, are you hiring contractors or employees, but then what's the ramifications for that contractor or that employee? So they're looking at it from the other point of view as well, mm. and it's quite interesting the scope of um, of this uh, terms of reference for submission that they've got because um, you know we could write a thesis. We've said that in the office before on this subject because it's very much uh, pertinent to a lot of our um, members regarding this, and they even touch on things like Phoenix Phoenix activities. And we've talked about Phoenix activities on podcasts in the past as well mm-hmm. on Tax Wrap in the past about that. So they're covering a lot of different issues that are right in the small end of town that we operate in. And one of the other things, as Lisa mentioned a little bit earlier with the taxpayer charter, is that they are really looking for qualitative data as well. So they want to get out there and say, okay, what's what's your experience? How yeah, have you... Real stories. You know, yeah, real stories, you know, in, in the coalface, how have you 
you know, have you encountered these situations and what sort of action has the tax office taken with respect to, you know, if it's an employer or even from the employee's perspective, what have they done? So it becomes quite critical out there that um, the DIGT gathers all this information to, to essentially what they want to do is, you know, frame a picture as in terms of, okay, look, we've got a lot of anecdotal evidence and there is a theme coming from from our investigation. Because I know that a lot of the members that we talk to as well, Andy, is that they sort of ac- make accidental assumptions on things. You know, you start off as a contract and they all, just, all of a sudden flip to an employer and, and it's not just the income tax aspect to it as well. It's all the state taxes like payroll and work cover. And so it's, this... Um, reviews opening up a huge Pandora's box and I think you've got to assume that you know people want to try and do the right thing Mm. so you know then what are the remedies or what are the ramifications of you getting caught out and it's it's just um, I think we're looking forward to um, putting in a submission for this I think this is very exciting. Now if there's one thing that uh, that we at Taxpayers Australia know how to do it's submit a submission (laughs) and sometimes we we go for the lengthy submissions this is because we've got a lot to say and we've got a lot to say on behalf of our members. So that brings us to our final point. How is Taxpayers Australia helping? How are we involved? Yeah, our colleague Letty's um, put together a really uh, great survey um, that's on uh, taxpayer.com.au and that survey uh, asks a number of questions taking into account the terms of reference for this um, this particular review into employee obligations by the tax office. And so by all means, hop onto our website, have a look, and answer some of those survey questions. It's not; it will probably take you about five to ten minutes to it's not complete. Long, no. And basically, the the survey will answer some of these questions, give us some of that a- anecdotal evidence that you're seeing out there, so that um, we can provide that feedback to the um, to the uh, IGT. Uh, we do have a close working relationship with the IGT, so if you don't feel like completing that survey, we're always on the line, so you can always give us a buzz as well to have a, a have a. Um, uh, no names uh, chat if, if you feel that way. I've seen the survey myself and it's, it's really important to note that if you do participate in the survey your thoughts will go directly to the IGT so exactly what you say will be heard which is a, a really great thing it's not going to be lost in the FO or, or piled together into some sort of quantitative pile of stats you know exactly what you say is exactly what they'll hear which is a, a really good thing so um, take advantage of that survey uh, if you jump on like Andy said to the homepage taxpayer.com.au it's just on the right hand side there's a little button there about midway down the page and that'll take you straight to the survey and you can complete it and take about five ten minutes yeah easy. but if, if you want to take longer that's fine and if you want to provide a little story or call us up and tell us your story if you don't feel like writing it in an email or writing in the survey please do so because I think that just adds to the character of what our response will be to that because it's the real narratives and the real um, life examples that they're looking at and of course we've done it as a survey so we can actually make some sort of you know analysis of it but you know we're more than happy to to, to read your concerns and if you want to vent go for it absolutely and one of the things as well is they'll give us you know in the office uh, you know our flavor as to what's happening out there with our members as well yeah we love to know that thanks for joining us on tax rate episode 53 join us next week for episode 54 thanks nathan bye